I, I don't want 100 students. I want 20 students, but these 20 students are really in for quality. I don't want 6 million travel. I want, you know, this amount of travel, but it's something that I like to give. I like to teach I'm going to do something right artistically. I don't want to to be in in social media 24-7. Hello, everyone. You're listening to the Baladins Live podcast. I'm your host, Jana Komarnitska, and I'm thrilled to share a new portion of dance inspiration with you. If you are a new listener, welcome to the show. Don't forget to subscribe and receive automatic updates about our new episodes. And if you are our regular listener, welcome back. Please leave your reviews on whichever app you're listening. They really help me promote the show and spread awareness about Baladin's art form. Plus, I really like hearing back from you. On this note, let's get to our today's episode. Are you ready for the magic of authentic Egyptian dance, personal discovery and empowerment? If so, discover Joanna Saira's online dance school, a place where your uniqueness is celebrated and dance and personal growth go hand in hand. Egyptian oriental and folkloric dance styles taught with a pioneering method bringing the best of the East and the West together, a platform that will offer you much more than you bargained for. Joanna Zaira, the founder of this platform, started her career in Egypt and from there she traveled the world sharing the beauty and power of Egyptian dance. Now it's your time to receive some of those treasures. Check the available courses at joannazaira.com. Direct link to the website is in the show notes. I know you have been waiting for this. This is one of our comeback episodes and today I'm so happy to welcome back Nada El Masriya to our show. Native Egyptian, Nada grew up belly dancing, fully immersed within the rich culture and historical environment of metropolitan Cairo. Her first formal dance training began early with her high school's folkloric troupe. At Cairo University, Nada earned a degree in Egyptian law, minored in the history of Egyptian culture and dance tradition. At early age, Nada began her intensive training and performance with the prestigious Rada Troop School. In 2002, she emigrated to Canada, inspired by a passionate desire to accurately preserve and pass on her rich historic native Egyptian culture. I am extremely happy to be able to connect with Nada first in Canada, doing our first interview, first episode in person, then recording this one while I was in Brazil, but actually at this moment when I'm releasing this episode, I'm already in Cairo, and that's a little bit symbolic, and I kind of feel like very cool, I'm so happy to release this interview specifically from this uh, place, and uh, to feature such a beautiful and talented artist as Nada. Our first interview was during our very first season of the podcast. It's episode 28 and it was about how studying folklore can make you a better ballet dancer. Very inspiring, very interesting and very insightful interview. If you have missed it, I would highly recommend to come back. I will include link in the show notes because today we talked actually about completely 
different topics. So in this interview that you're about to hear, you will learn about benefits of cutting back and prioritizing your projects, about how to approach your hesitations if you're kind of thinking about potentially raising your prices but a little bit afraid or concerned about consequences. We also talked about some mindset tricks of stop being afraid of competition and how small a niche can bring bigger income. And all that was not only some theoretical discussions, but with very real practical examples from Nada's experience. And we also discussed how all that also applied to her big events, because she's hosting two big festivals, one in Egypt and one in Canada. So we talked about the concept of events and her approach to events and why with all these talks about cutting back and prioritizing she actually decided to still work and keep doing organizing this festival because it's a big chunk of work always like to organize and put together such scale of event so as i mentioned this uh, conversation this episode is a completely different vibe and completely different direction from our previous interview with Nada so I highly recommend to listen both to give to get the full scale the full idea of everything that Nada has to offer and of course for me it's always fascinating to connect again with artists and even to see their development their sort of evolution in dance personal changes growth And of course, I also hope that you enjoy these uh, comeback interviews too, because for me, they are very, very inspiring. So on this note, I will let you enjoy out of this conversation. You can also listen to the previous episode. And as usual, don't forget to screenshot and share it with your friends. Tag me on your stories. I always reshare them. And I'm also very curious always which interviews catch your attention, which topics catch your attention and what you like in each conversation. So I hope to hear back from you too. And on this note, let's dive in. Cross training is the key to successful dancing. It may sound shocking, but it's true, especially if you don't see improvement in your skills. And why not cross-train doing what you already love? Sharky, the belly dance workout is what happens when authentic belly dance meets high-energy fitness. Sharky builds endurance for your gigs, stamina for your technique, and strength and flexibility to prevent injuries. From cardio and core to strength and stretch, their membership has everything you need to dance your best. Both live online and recorded options are available. Try them out for only $5 for the first week. They guarantee that you'll love their workouts and supportive community. Join now at sharky.com slash online, S-H-A-R-Q-U-I dot com slash online. Direct link in the show notes. Nada, I am extremely excited to have you back on the podcast. Thank you for agreeing to have a continuation. The first time we talked uh, for the podcast, I mean, five years ago. Five years ago. I can't believe the time passed so quickly. It feels like yesterday and it feels like 100 years ago at the same time. <laughs> But welcome back to the podcast. I'm really happy to connect and hear you today. <laughs> 
Thank you so much, Hannah. It's always a pleasure to uh, talk to you. And uh, yeah, that's a long time ago, hey? <laughs> yeah, it was the first season of the podcast, 2018. And I will include a link to our first interview in the show notes for all listeners. You can find it there. It was very interesting chat about uh, uh, dance, uh, folklore, authenticity, artistic uh, input into dance. So I'm pretty sure today's conversation definitely not going to be a repeat of that. So highly recommend to listen. Although it was five years ago, it's still very, very in time and uh, very relatable for today. So that will be in the show notes for everyone who somehow missed it. But uh, my first question to you, mm-hmm. I would love to start. So thinking about this five years, we were recording this interview in your studio. We were literally sitting on the floor. The recorder was between us and chatting. So to give like, you know, a little uh, flashback memory to that moment. Thinking about this five years, actually even more, since that moment, what you feel were the main changes for you in dance life, in artistic life, or maybe some changes in your personal life that also influenced you as an artist. But what you can think, because five years were a lot of events worldwide, but personally for you, what do you feel was the main change in you, in you as an artist, in your life, whatever comes to your mind right now? Um, I think you're right. I mean, it's it's a five years and they weren't just five years, just that two years of them were the corona, right? So that have changed all of us, I think, you know. Um, I think for me, I feel um, I needed to prioritize. I needed to um, step back, which I, I, I really think a lot of people done the same process. I wouldn't be surprised at all that um we we all took a, a time to think and process everything i think the biggest change for me is really deciding the project i want to do and being able to refuse projects that never happened before i've always said yes to everything everything i remember the biggest you pro- you probably asked me the same questions before you said how do you do that I think once before, how do you, how do you do that? Because I'm always like three and four projects happening at the same times. I'm running more than one thing, you know, and uh, running from regular classes to, to traveling, to projects, to festivals, to this, to that. Now, my main thing I've changed is that I'm prioritizing. I cut back in things. I try to, um, really really the word quality 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 is my main goal now is that I don't care how I I don't want 100 students I want 20 students but these 20 students are really in for quality you know I don't want six million travel I want uh, you know this amount of travel but it's something that I like to give I like to teach 
I'm going to do something uh, right for for artists uh, artistically. I don't want to to be in in social media 24/7 posting things. You know what I mean? That's actually one of my biggest things too. You know, uh, because you think that you have to be present all the time, all the time, all the time, all the time, and then you get drained, you get tired, you start putting a, a material that you don't necessarily want or you don't necessarily 100% like. You know. Uh, but no, now it's like, I don't have to, I don't have to, right? I will put what I think I like. I would put what I think uh, uh, that I've spent time in it. So basically my main thing now that have changed completely, I always was about quality, but the world always rush you into everything. Hurry up, hurry up, hurry up. What's your next? If you don't have next, then you're not a big artist. Then you're not famous enough, but no. I am, but I want to take my time instead of, I'm not going to be the, the factory that produces uh, fast food. I'm going to be the one that makes the gourmet. And I'm happy mm. with this. I'm going to, I don't want the whole niche of the market. I don't want everybody to follow me. Uh, I want just this niche, this small dot of niche. Those are the ones I want them because this is what my, uh, my, my thing is about. Artistically, beautiful, educational, something really real, original, et cetera, et cetera. And I cannot expect everybody to be artist and original and all this stuff, you know? This used to be frustrating to me. It used to be like, what? Why can't they understand this is the right thing to do? But yes, of course, because the majority is, you're not gonna have everybody artist. You know, they're going to be, it's going to be different, different ideas and different process. I just want this niche. I want this niche. That's what my specialty is. And that's what I'm focusing on. So that was the big, the big one for me. How easy was it to start uh, refusing, rejecting, or maybe uh, closing some of the projects? Because you start mentioning that, oh, it was a, like not only prioritizing and thinking what you want to do, but also learning to say no to projects so yes. how easy or difficult was that process of uh, uh, closing the projects or rejecting the projects or maybe there are some projects that you really had doubts and it was like kind of difficult to decide yes yeah. or no how the, basically what I'm asking is uh, can be some specific examples or can be like just the idea of learning the skills to say no to something yeah um you know saying no it's it's really difficult uh it was at first and uh, because of so many factors and number one was like oh i need to be present all the time and uh, in everybody's mind you know what i mean oh um i need to count my gigs that they are a lot right uh, oh, you know, you have all these like reasons, right? Oh, I, I, I like to dance. I like to teach. I like, you know, but then you you sit down after, I, I feel for me, I feel the pandemic have changed me a lot. And I think when the pandemic happened, uh, I didn't stop teaching because I, I was, I think we were having a, a casual conversation before I told you that my students convince me that I have to teach. They, I cannot leave them, you know? And I, I start teaching online and uh, teaching online opened the market quite widely for me. So I had, uh, I had, I have limited my classes to 20 students because I just couldn't see 
in the screen more than 20 students. I didn't want the pages. I hated that, right? And because of that kind of limitation for me, I decided I'm only going to take 20, right? And then I start calculating because I still have to pay my studio, which I'm not using, but I still have to pay it, right? Uh, how am I going to do this expenses if I only accept 20 people with that small price that I used to charge, right? So I decided to increase my price, right? And when I increased my price and I still got my 20 students, people who are really want to learn and really want to, to do that, made me feel, wait a minute, we are in the middle of a pandemic, right? Most people don't have a job at this point. I have a job. I have 20 students that are willing to pay my fee and make me feel happy to be standing here to teach and being able to, to, to pay my expenses. And because of the pandemic, I advertised that the two spots, so I took, actually I took 18 students and two spots I offered them for free. And the two spots, I said, that's my contribution to people who couldn't, at the, during the pandemic, couldn't participate. Every, every month, I'm gonna take two free students. So I was able to pay my expenses. I was able to support the community by the two spots. I was able to feel happy and I was able to keep track of the students' names, progress, everything, know them personal in personal level. And that all of a sudden made me think, oh my God, this is quality. This is quality. Everybody kept talking to me, other teachers saying, oh, you know, I take 50 students in my, in my I take 70 students now that it's online. And I'm just thinking, I don't really care. I really like that. I really like what I'm doing because, and, and we had this big conversation, me and one of the artists, I said, okay, how much money do you offer it? She's like, I'm offering for this much. I said, how much money do you make? She said, I make this much money. I said, I make more than you, you know, but I have quality. I have people who want this small niche. These are the people that wants to follow me. These are the people that wants to learn real stuff. These are the people, or not real. I mean, everybody's real, but my particular, what I can offer what I can offer, you know? So these are the loyal students that wants to be with me. So I'm happy to do that. When I figured out this, when this became like, wow, okay, I can do it. I can do it with integrity. I can do it with uh, uh, with uh, with a small number. I can do it uh, while they're happy and I'm happy. I can do it while I'm still supporting people who cannot pay. So I'm really I'm really satisfying all, all people. I'm satisfying myself. I'm satisfying the community. I'm satisfying, uh, you know, uh, the people who wants to learn. Then it is, it is possible. Then it is possible. It is possible that we create something quality and it is possible to say no to non-quality or, or to something that's going to just make you be drained and not able, able to give quality. And at this point, it was my first offer of a contract. I've always wanted that contract. It was an inter international contract and it was in the beginning of the corona. So some places of some countries weren't closing yet. Mm -hmm. They weren't closing yet in the beginning. You know, some countries, they took time to close. Right. And uh, I got that offer. And um, of course, I, I, I cannot mention name because I turned it down. Uh, so and I said I, t I turned it down. And I remember the 
the, the organizer, I knew her very well. We had a good relationship together. And she said, I'm not, I'm not upset. She said to me, I'm not upset, but I'm curious to know the reasons. Like, I mean, most people kind of like wishes to be in my event kind of idea, but you, but you turned it down. So I, I don't understand. Uh, like, I mean, are you booked for something else? And I didn't lie. I didn't say, oh, well, I booked for something else, which most people do, you know? I said, no, no, I'm not booked for anything, actually, you know, uh, but I just don't want to. Uh, I, I don't think with with all this commitment that I have already for myself, I don't think I can give a proper quality for that. I don't think I can give this. And and it's funny because it was it was such a hard thing, too, because the money was good. Do you know? We all artists, we want to make the money, right? And And, and I felt like, okay, maybe this is a mistake. Maybe she's going to pretend that she's okay with me, but behind me, she's going to be like really upset with me and maybe like tell everybody, don't take, you know, don't ask her or whatever. But in the same times, I had to have faith in her that I knew her enough that she will respect my choice. And true enough, she's a fantastic woman and she really respected my my choice, you know? And I explained to her, I said, look, I make I make good money. I'm making good money and I don't have to spread myself thin, you know? Uh, most of us chases and spread ourselves thin because we think if we if we say no here, then something wrong is gonna happen to us. But the reality is it takes a choice to say, okay, I am not going to spread myself thin. You're going to make the same amount of money even more by creating quality. You know, I think I make more money now. I think I make more money now with what, with the way and the structure that I teach. The same, the way that I'm offering my stuff, the, the way that I am taking less work, you know. And in the same times, having time for me, time for my kid. I have a now 15 years old, believe it or not. Joseph is 15 now. <laughs> You know, I have time for myself. I have time for Joseph. I have, I have time for my partner. You know, I just feel more calm in all levels. And I think this is this is what when it happened. It's you just see you prove that it works, and uh, and for yourself. And then after that, you said, okay, it works. I can do it. I can do it. You know, yeah. That's so true, and uh, it's also interesting to take the choice to go against mainstream or main flow because the main yes. flow was okay online classes like of course it was shock for everyone for most students yeah. uh, for studios and teachers because it was unexpected and you had to go online it was the only way and it's not only about oh i want to earn money like we all need to earn money <laughs> it just yeah. difference with artists you want to earn money with our art hopefully not having like two or three jobs to support and that would that would be ideal yeah. scenario sure it's not even about like literally like wanting money it's like we all need we all have bills we all need to eat to dress etc uh but the main tendency once like people start figuring out it was like okay as many students as possible because that's the benefit of online you you're not limited and uh, you don't need rent a bigger room or pay more money it's like the same like okay zoom may have different capacity okay it will be slightly more expensive plan but it's like nothing compared to doing the same scale physically and then here you are doing opposite actual limiting to like only 20 people as you said or actual 18 paying students mm -hmm. yeah. uh, increasing prices 
which is scary in general for artists. And this is something I want to, you to talk a little bit more about your experience because we all, there is a lot of fear from dancers, dance teachers, and dance performers too, but the fear is the same. Or oh, can I really say this number to a client? What do you think? Like, it's the scary of pricing work prop, like accordingly to what we think it should be priced. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then like raising prices and raising prices during pandemic. Exactly. And it's yeah. two things happening. Yeah. Many people don't have money physically. And second, there is a much bigger competition in online space. Absolutely. So I yeah. want you to talk a little bit about specifically this moment and that feeling decision. Was it easy? For, it will be different for everyone. So how was it for you? Was it like easy to take this decision? Do you have doubts, concerns? No. You know, this is a really, this is a really good question. Um, uh for years and years and years, um, David, you, David is, is my partner, you know, uh, he, he would say to me, you need to raise your prices. The information that you have is priceless. I have not seen anybody teaches with this information, et cetera, et cetera. And I'd be like, but the market, but everybody's undercutting, but everybody's doing this, you know, and stuff like that. And then with, again, the Corona, right? I, I somehow, okay, I, I, I sat with myself and I said, um, okay, I'm draining, my, I was draining myself in the studio. I was teaching a lot, uh, you know, hours and hours and hours, workshops, classes, regular classes, uh, traveling to, 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 to teach, et cetera, et cetera. And then in the end, uh, with the work of the studio, I'm not really making money, you know, I'm not really making money. And then you start feeling like really drained, right? And you start feeling, but I cannot increase the price more than that because everybody is, uh, you know, I'm the most expensive one already. How would I do that? You know, I'm already expensive by like $5 more <laughs> than everybody, you know, and you think and you're scared and you, you know, and you, and, and you, you keep like, well, a good marketing person really checks the market first and then have to either match it or under or under it. You know what I mean? Or even if they're going to go above, it cannot be more than 5 dollars right or ten dollars or whatever i said wait a minute i'm thinking wrong completely i'm thinking wrong i am not teaching the world that art deserves to be paid for this is number one okay number two i am not happy because i am draining myself and i'm not making money you know I have been in business in general since I was 15 years old. You know what I mean? I have at least, at least 20 over experience in business, right? And the stuff that I do in my other business, why can't I do it in this business? I don't understand why I'm acting differently in the, in, in the art. Why am I undervaluing things? Why I am doing things where it's not making money? I'm not there for my ego. I don't have problem. I already know who I am. Do you know what I mean? So once I got, I came to this realization, I said, okay, let me put the, the expenses. I put everything, everything you can think that you spent as of expenses to run a session, for example. Okay. Including, uh, you know, you had to buy clothes 
to look really nice for the classes. You know how much we spend on our like working out clothes and our makeup and our nails and everything, right? I put everything down. I put everything that I spend. You go out, you have to eat or you have to buy a coffee or you have to take the transportation. I don't drive, you know that, right? Uh, you, you you know, you're spending money on this and, and et cetera and stuff. And I made a calculation and then I made an average. And then I said, this is, this is the price that I have to sell that it breaks even. How much do I want to make? You know, how much do I want to make? I mean, I'm, I'm, I, I'm not, I'm not making, uh, you know, you're not thinking, okay, I want to make uh, $8,000 a month. You're not making that. We're not, none of us, most of us, and I guarantee you, nobody says that. If they made, if they made $2,000 a month, they're happy. They're like, yes, in Canada, you know, in, in from art, they say, oh yes, I brought the rent and I have some money, you know, to, 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 to eat. But then in the end, you don't have any saving. You don't have anything, you know? It's like, wait a minute, what is happening? This is wrong. This is a wrong equation. We are going to spend people. I mean, I'm going to talk about Canada because this is where I am. I cannot talk about the rest of the world, right? And in, in Egypt too. People will go spend over $300 on a synthetic dress just because it has a name of whatever the name is, right? But they will not spend half of that amount on art where when they spend it on art anytime they're going to sit down and think about what they've done in that class they're going to smile big every single time for the rest of their life they're going to have this feeling every time they put themselves in that minute that they were in the class but the dress it's going to they're going to be happy with it for like one week and then after that it's where is next what's next where is the next dress you know so i said if they can spend this much money on these things that are not important, then I'm gonna teach them to spend it on art. And I took the chance, it is taking chance in a way, you have to take the chance. If you believe in your thing, if you believe in your three things, if you believe in what you can give, right? Which you should, everybody should, you know? And if you are bringing it right straight from your heart, so there is no uh, egotistic, um, reasons you know what i mean you bring it from your heart to the people's heart you just you really want them to experience that amazing feeling of whatever that you're giving you know and you're also serving the people serving the people in a sense of that you're helping you're helping these people instead of spending money on garbage they're spending in something that actually will resonate with them will change them for the rest of their life you know will change who they are you know serving also is by giving them when they cannot every single time I have a session, I have at least two, three students in the class that they have not paid at all, or I have discounted for them, or I have completely, uh, you know, I tell them pay whatever you want. Because when they came and asked, I cannot pay them, but I really want to join your classes. I'm like, free, you know, go ahead. So as long as I'm doing all these three, I think that should be right. That should be right. And this is where I was very bold about saying, okay, I'm charging. I have increased my price. You will be surprised. I'm sure you remember the prices here in Canada. We were selling six classes for like $110 or something like that. Some people were selling it for $99, undercutting the market. It was crazy here, you know? Mm -hmm. And I went to uh, almost, almost like increase the price by almost $30 in one, in one time. 
$30 or more, you know, like that. I charge 12 classes, $280. I'm not going to advertise six classes. I do not have time to put publicity and advertisement every six weeks. That's crazy. I don't have that time, you know? So it's every three weeks, every, sorry, every three months. So I am done you know, th three times a year that I can do this publicities or this advertising. This is my my fee. And I had people, I had, I had uh, uh, like um, dancers message me and saying, you know, this is really crazy. This is expensive. What about, because it's online, it can be cheap. I said, it's online. You get a recording. You get a recording. Like, do you understand what you mean? You get a recording. You get to see me watching the repeating this again and again and again. So that's actually more valuable. It's not the opposite. I'm still standing in my place doing the same job. So why it would be cheaper? And plus, if you can't afford it, you have the free the free spots. Please join me. I'll be more than happy to give you that for free. You know, I had people telling me something like this. You know, you are more expensive than the top Egyptian artist uh, uh, from, from your own country. They're teaching right now the same time as you workshops. I said, so be it. I said, I live in Canada. My rent is in Canadian dollars. My, you know what I mean? They live in Egypt. If they make $20, that's worth way more money there. You know what I mean? So, and plus, plus they are taking up to 70 people on the screen. They don't even know who's there, you know? But that's how they feel comfortable. I mean, th this is not a critique at all. Everybody has to do what they're comfortable with. You know, your philosophy is your philosophy. You're an artist. That's what makes us special. You have a philosophy. I have a different philosophy. Other people have a different philosophy. So I said, I don't not like this. I only like to take 20. That's all I'm going to take. I take 18 students and the two spots are for free. You know, so this is what I do. I, I don't take the 70. So I'm sorry. I'm not going to drop it to $20 or for, you know, uh, uh, with that instead of my price. Right. I was at the time I was selling my workshop and I'm still selling my workshop as $75 an hour, uh, 70, uh, no, $75 for the two hours. You know what I mean? While in the same time, other artists were selling it for $25 and $30. Right. Um, so I said, this works for me. I'm not forcing anybody to come to my workshops. In fact, the opposite. I want those who wants to learn this information. I have worked hard to provide because it's not easy to collect information in theory or, you know what I mean, about our art. It's not easy. You got to read a lot. You got to ask so many uh, old living artists. I'm not just, uh, you know, coming there pretending I know what I'm, no, no, I am collecting and I'm, and I'm really like working on it before everything that I, I provide for students. I really need to think about it, study it, making sure. So, that's for me how what encouraged me and gave me the boldness to say, no, I'm charging this much. If you want, you're welcome. If you don't, the door is open for both coming and leaving. Anytime you want, anytime you want, go anytime you want, come, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's funny, I didn't lose any of my students. Like I didn't lose any of my um, studio students, uh, you know, like the, the, the ones that were okay with the online, they stayed with me. And when I went in person, everybody came back as if nothing happened, you know, so it worked. It really worked. You just have to be brave and you have to believe in your work and you have to be from here, from here, from here, work hard and serve three of them. 
serve the people, serve the people good stuff, serve the people. Everybody is dying for quality everywhere, for everything, not just in, in art, in everywhere. You know, I'll, I'll pay anything for somebody to make quality clothes, you know. I'll pay, I'll pay for it because I know I'm going to buy this. I'm not going to, I'm, I'm going to have it for maybe I will die and it's still there, you know, <laughs> something like that. So the same thing with art, do the same thing, you know, trust yourself, increase your price and you don't have to have 70. Get the, If you get the 20, you know, if you get the 20, you're happy. You work less. I know them by names. I know what they like. I know what their life look like. <laughs> you know what I mean? I talk to everybody before class. Hey, how is this? How is your daughter? How is this? What's happened with this? How's your leg last time? You know, I have the time because I'm 20 in, 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 you know, per, per, per the class. Right. So this way I'm happy, but why do I have 70 and I can't even remember this is one's name. And I, I don't remember where their progress is. I don't know where they can progress. Uh, uh, they, you know, this one doesn't have a good posture. This one doesn't No, I need to know my students, know your students and really, really prepare you what you're going to give them. That's, that's my idea. That's what made me bold about the price and it's working until now it's working. I'm still teaching online while everybody has opportunity to go to studios. I still have my people online while people, studios are open and they can just say, okay, thank you, Nada, it was great to see you on the Zoom, bye-bye. Now we can go to somebody else, you know? And like you said, the market is big. Every big name was teaching. Every big mm -hmm. name was teaching at the same time, you know? So you just have to believe in your product, have you believe in yourself, right? And, and, um, and and just be bold about it. Be bold about it because you are doing something from the heart. You're not pretending. You're not lying. Uh, you know, know yourself. Know what you can give. Everybody try to give the same thing. Uh, know what you are. Like, what are you about? What's special about you? What can you give? What can you offer the art? Because what you have is the one thing I don't have. What I have is the one thing that you don't have. So if you know that, then work on that, enhance that, show people that, advertise that, make people aware of that, you know? And then it's your forte, it's your thing. You have the time to work on it because you're not running crazy, uh, you know, taking 6 million workshops and 6 million students and you have the quality, 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 quality. So that's how I changed, Yana. It's a really cool also trick in terms of mindset because uh, I personally receive so many messages. People asking, oh, how much should I charge? Uh, for me, typically it's about performances. Uh, people assume I will know the price range or the proper price for every country in the world somehow. But the same applies to dancing and uh, dance classes. And of course, you need to do market research. You need to know what are the prices in your city, in your country, what other people are doing, how they like structure the class or performance. But to set up your own price, you need to come out not from perspective of what other people charge, but from the perspective of how much you want to make. Are you planning to do it your full-time job? So you need to support your entire living? Okay, how much you spend in a month and how much you need extra like for like saving or for big purchases, like how much you actually want and then divide and then take a decision. Do you want to have low prices but then trying to get like i don't know hundred thousand clients it's one choice mm -hmm. and there's nothing wrong with it just one choice or mm -hmm. you don't want to do that you want to have 10 clients maybe whichever like 
area teaching performance it is, but then your price check needs to go higher. And then you need to make sure that the what you deliver, it corresponds to what you're asking to be paid. And there is, Absolutely. I truly believe there is no such thing as too high prices or it's too expensive. No, it's always about mismatch. It's just the client, the customer, the student, they don't believe that what you're offering is worth what you're asking for. That's when this, oh, it's too expensive. In all other cases, if they yeah. really believe your thing is cool and worth this money, they will find money. Surprisingly, yeah. somewhere. Absolutely. You know, uh, you know, um, my son, I, my son, uh, I, I, he, he does jiu-jitsu. Um, and uh, I pay for him every month over almost, like almost a $300 a month. Do you know what I mean? And um, and I think this is actually one, one of the things that I was thinking about when I was pricing. I'm like, okay, my son is doing basically some sort of a martial art, a Brazilian martial arts I, I'm sure you're, you're familiar with, you know? And, and I'm paying for him, he's 15. I'm paying for him per month, $300. You know what I mean? I'm doing art. I am teaching art. I am taking before every, you, you know, you're an artist. You know how much it takes to put together, just, just to put ourselves together, how many hours we spent, right? Before class and, and everything. And I cannot sell that art for that price. What? That's crazy. That's crazy, you know? So I, I think that's what it is. But but the important thing, Yana, too, is, is to be honest with yourself. Mm-hmm. Be honest with yourself how is like, know who you are and where you are standing. Which which part, you know, you are at your career, you know? Like when when um, when I go to Egypt and and uh, my my fellow Egyptian artists, they like, oh, you know, you're 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 a you're a big you're a big artist now, you know, and stuff like that. I say no no no, I'm okay. I'm 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 a I'm a young artist, and they laugh right. They laugh at me. They're like, oh, I we don't we don't I don't understand why you say that. I said because I like that, because I like that, you know. I like that. I like to know where I'm standing. I like to know that only me can provide this information. But I'm also, I have to be frank and honest with, with myself, you know, how much is my name in the market? So this way I can work into the next step. I'm not going to fool myself and then sit still pretending it is. And it, is, it isn't. I know exactly how my size is, where I am in the international market and where I am in the national markets, you know, and I know how much I'm worth and this way I can work on the next step. This way I can keep going into the next progress, right? So this is a really important thing as well is to really know yourself, know yourself and don't think that progress comes overnight because that doesn't work this way. This is really crazy. That's stressful. To think this way, it's stressful mentality. You know, it's very stressful. No one thing that you're special. You have something no one, even the biggest artist in the world can give. And if you understand that, you know that you have something special. You need to give, you need to show, but also know where where are you? Where are you at this ladder? Where at which stage are you? You know, this stage, you know, I, I remember 
when I started international work, okay, I talked to one of my, uh, our, our colleagues, uh, Egyptian artist as well, and I called, uh, it, it was a him. I called him and I said, okay, I have a request for a contract. I was, it was like in the beginning of my, uh, my teaching international. I said, I have a request for, for, for me to teach uh, internationally and I don't know how much to say because I've only done maybe one, two contracts, you know, and I, I give a ridiculous price, you know, because I was really wanted it, <laughs> you know what I mean? And stuff. So I don't know what to say. How much would I, how much actually am I worth? Like, what, what do you think? Or, or something like that. And I remember he was very wise. He said to me, okay, it's not how good you are. It's not how special you are. Okay. When it comes to that is how well known you are. You see what I mean? Yeah. So I said, oh, okay. So because I said, you know, such and such, I mean, is okay. She just, you know, it's not, it's not really work, you know, that is worth. And she said she's charging this much. I mean, I have better information. I have this, I have this. I, I should charge a new more than. And the, this wise person told me it's not with that. You could be like the most brilliant artist. You have the most special thing, but also you need to know how well known you are. So not single one is less important than the other. Those three is important. You have to understand these three and then you're like, okay, I'm going to do that. And sometimes you take the, you take the chance and you think like, okay, okay, maybe I'm, I overdid it or underdid it. Either or. For me, I underdid it for a very long time. For a very long time, I underdid it. And that was my fault, you know, is that I underdid, I underdid my stuff. I, I just told myself cheaper. I, I thought this is, oh, I'm scared. I'm scared. I'm scared. You know, I just won't work. I am scared. But then when I was ready and I understood my work very well and I understand the quality of my work, I understood who I am. I understood what's, where is my name in the international world, et cetera, et cetera. I knew myself, then I was able to say, okay, now this is, I'm ready. This is a step for me. So I think it is important for everybody to think this way as well, to, to know themselves, know what they can offer, you know, then figure out where their spot in whatever scale is a national scale, international scale, whatever, right? And then it's up to them to push it, to push and see the reaction, right? Or to uh, or to really know where they are and they put the appropriate uh, price or i or the uh, to under it so under it you are going to get this is what's going to happen if you under if you under uh, charge for yourself you're going to get drained you're going to blame everybody and res be resentful and then all of a sudden after a few years you're going to quit the art form and we're not going to see you again and i've seen that so many times there's so many beautiful artists that i remember from before now i don't know where they are where they are what they do what they're doing you know and it's because of that you really drain yourself you don't make the money you don't work hard enough because you don't have time so just my advice know who you are know one thing that you are special nobody nobody the stuff yana does no way i can do no way i can do you know and the other way around there's something that nada can offer nobody can offer you know so know yourself know where you are where you are where are you in the 
in the in the in the in the in the international who who knows you who doesn't know you what is the reaction how many followers uh, but not how many followers like i need to have 6 million followers by the way my instagram i have only 25000 followers but i love them and i have a different philosophy about this i, I will talk about it <laughs> in another time you know but yeah once you know that then you are bold to decide for yourself how much you're worth I believe someone's uh, brains are on fire right now, trying to consume all this information and different like tricks from artists because this is not something that we often talk among artists, among teachers, dancers, like about this uh, little money mindset. We are very shy and away from this topic. It's no, it's all about art. I just want to do art. I don't want to sell my art. Okay, how I'm gonna live from art? That's the question that comes out. But it's interesting how. Uh, prioritizing knowing yourself can help you to make sure you get um, satisfaction from your art. And I'm not talking about necessarily uh, monetarily equivalent of satisfaction, but literally making sure you're not drained. Because if you're doing work... You get, you get what you deserve, you know? If you know that you get what you really deserve, what you really deserve, you get it. You know, you know, okay. I, I and this is the question like do you know that artists have and, and in many art form by the way that's what people do is like they have at least every three months you have one month or or a few weeks from from a week to one month depending on how 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 much money do you have like oh you have you have made you know what I mean to be able to take that month off or a week to reflect to see what's gonna happen next to to create something worth the exposure do you to create something really uh worth the idea uh, something new something special something um something that everybody you believe in it you like it you're excited about presenting it uh the people in front of you they're like wait a minute i've never heard this this is amazing this is you know i need to learn this this is mandatory this is important that one month or, or one from one week to one month in between every three months, you need you need to see your progress that you've done. You need to reflect. You need have you ever sometimes have you ever some and that happened to me. Uh, I'm gonna be honest, you know. Sometimes there was time where I watched a video for me, you know, in a time like now, and then a video from before. And I said, oh, my God, that something was magical on the video before. Where did it go? Yeah. <laughs> Where did it go? You know, it's because we don't reflect. We don't sit down, watch our work. Watch our work, take our time, see where it could work better, see where I should not have let go of it. Do you know what I mean? Because that's my signature. This is this is what described Nada. This is what described Yana, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. So that one month or from one week to one month, depending on how much you can afford, you know, is mandatory, is important, is where you build your new idea, is where you really do what's coming. I'm not gonna say I'm per I'm not perfect. I'm, I, I want to make sure that everybody hearing this knows that I'm not saying I got it all, <laughs> I got it in track, and I'm really like really kicking it. No, I am also. I'm sharing with you what I'm forcing myself to do. Mm -hmm. So I am like you. I tend to like, uh, but look, everybody, I should follow everybody. Oh, but I should be like this, or I should be like that. 
but no, I am forcing myself and this is have been working. I've been working for me and I'm still keeping the track of this for myself. It's like, okay, Nara, you need to give something special. You can't do this if you constantly, constantly, constantly working. We are artists. It's, it's a creativity. It does not come like this. We don't click our fingers and creativity comes. We actually have to be in the right the right mood and the right momentum in the right everything for something for, to come to come you know and in order for us to do that we have to have this time we have to have this time to to reflect relax plan you know what i mean so we're not exhausted we're not just repeating ourselves because yes of course you're repeating yourself you're in media everybody's seeing you uh people are going to want to study with you they study with you study with you and then all of a sudden they're gonna just get tired they're going to get tired of you. Don't bring it to that moment. You know, let them miss you. Let everybody miss, miss, miss you. Miss, miss something special that you're going to give later, you know. And this is, I, 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 as I told you in, in our casual conversation earlier, I said that I looked at like Hollywood and all these like big stars. And I said, wait a minute. I mean, we don't really sit down all the time. Uh, see all these artists every day creating a movie do they no they take time then all of a sudden they come with a wham bam a nice movie right and the ones that don't we we look at them and we say what oh my god another movie of the same thing same idea i know where it's going i know it's going to end you know so the these kind of that kind of you want to create quality uh, for for a small people always want to take the whole niche and always wants every everybody but I swear to God you make more money from the small niche and okay. they respect you they love you they are dedicated you are dedicated to them because you have the time to give them and create for them and help them and do everything and you get much more pleasure from that than having uh, and this is the thing many so, 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 some of my fellow dancers and my fellow my fellow teachers as well we have this conversation all the time with international because of course i'm connecting with a lot of international artists who you know host me in different places and we talk we have this conversation and and they they said oh you know but the thing is i do really i do really need like the class looks much nicer when you have like 70 people in it you know i say i don't feel this i learned okay here and I'm going to mention his name here because he doesn't mind <laughs> okay I was uh, I had uh, me and Tito were teaching in one of the Mexico uh, contract and there we our his class was early morning it was like a, at, at like I don't know like 8 30 or something like this and my we, we we were switch right so I teach in the evening like later class and then he teaches in the morning and then the next day I teach in the morning then he teach in the afternoon uh, something like that so anyway I went to I, I went to his workshop to to see him and say hello you know and there wasn't that many people awake yet right yeah. it's um, in Mexico they're like Egyptian we do not like to wake up early right so, so anyway, uh, I, and he's like exactly in time. He's like, I'm starting. So I'm saying, can you wait a little bit? Just some people to come, you know? I feel the class is small. And he's like, Nana, I'll tell you something. One person, two person, million person in the class. I'm going to start the class in time. 
because these people who showed up early, they are the ones that I have to give. And they are the ones that I'm happy to be given. And I learned that lesson from him. You know, I learned that lesson from him. It's like, it's not about how many, how many students in the class. It's about these ones that really want to be with you, that they don't care. They will pay the money to be with you. You want to give them your soul. You want to give them art. It's not about, it's not superficial ideas. Like, look, I have 70. Who cares? Those people who have 70, I have 18. I made more money than them. And my students are happier. And I have I have 100% retention. And they love me. And they learn more. They're more educated, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, right? So this is how people should think. It should be thought from this perspective, perspective of, of are you are you doing the right thing? Are you doing it for the right cause? Are you doing from your heart? If you do it this way, halas, there is no question. You are in the right. You are in the right cause and the right uh, 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 situation. Mm, that's so cool. So many really cool lessons and things for teachers and for dance performers too. Like for any artist to think about, like what are your priorities? Whom you whom you want to see more in your classes? People who are constantly late or people who actually do show up no matter what time it is because they are so eager to learn from you. And then make sure that your work serves, first of all, those people. It's not like other people to ignore, but make sure that those who did their part of a job or their part of self agreement, they showed up on time, they receive what, what they expected. They came there, so why to wait? Like, of they, course, there are different situations, but yeah, you, you need to prioritize whom you want to have more in the class and give them your best. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. That's that's how it should be. How it should be, you know. Along with online projects, because we talked a lot about your online teaching. And I know you, mm -hmm. you mentioned that you kind of... Um, you kind of filtered the project that you're currently doing, but I know you still have a lot of projects on your plate. And uh, I want to touch on a couple more. And I know that you have events. You have uh, events in Egypt that you organize. You have events in Canada, big festival coming up. So why did you feel the need or urge to keep organizing very big events that has always not only artistic activities that you need to do but a lot of administration and organization part which i'm pretty sure is kind of boring and draining so in Let's your wait. prioritization process and filtering process why did you feel like you want to leave those projects and by the way can you tell our listeners also more about the projects themselves Absolutely, absolutely. Um, okay, I am the man, the course in Cairo, it has a special spot in, in my heart, you know. Um, I, I actually, to be honest, every time I, I teach something or I bring a workshop or an event or anything, it's literally coming from two things. The lacking of this... Um, qualities I, I think I put myself on a student's 
in a student's shoes. That's how I, I think, you know? And uh, oftenly, most of my workshops, my events are coming from like, oh my God, why am I seeing this? Why nobody's teaching this? Why nobody is thinking like this? Why nobody's creating something like that? And that's where the idea comes. I'm like, okay, if nobody's creating it, then I'm going to do it, you know? So I Am The Man is one of these projects is that I love all festivals and of course, no, no critique. I think everybody really, they are doing what's in their heart. They're doing what they think is the right thing. And I think everything is, has a specific purpose, right? Everything has specific clients, specific uh, people on mind. But I wanted it something in my home country where students don't come there to learn um okay how do i start it i think in our in our in our um, recording before yana we talked about this this point the point of that egyptian we learn completely differently than 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 uh, foreigner uh, students or artists right we learn different the way we are we learn the art form is completely different which is understandable because we grew up with the music we grew up with the culture etc cetera, etc cetera, right like that so we have already advantage of two things we grow up in the culture we listen to the music right doesn't mean that we don't have to study we have to study like crazy even more than anybody else okay but what i'm saying is our ears already acknowledge the things our history we can see visual and etc cetera, etc cetera, right so I want to bring the dancers into Egypt, but don't expose them to that? What? So I didn't see that. I didn't see that exposure of like, of, of real art, okay? Now remember, my niche is art. I'm not into uh, 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 the, the entertainment part, uh, the commercialized part is not my specialty. I'm not against it. It's part of life. We have to have artists, we have entertainment, we have to make commercializing work, okay? I'm not against it at all. So please, everybody, make sure to understand that point. But my specialty is an artistic section, you know? So I wanted it, these people to come to Egypt and live and feel and learn the way that I learned, the way that the golden era dancers experienced it, okay? That kind of artistic immersion artistic immersion creativity that kind of feel i didn't want i mean i would i would probably i mean i didn't do that last time it was my, my first edition of am man was last year but i didn't want just me to take them to a cabaret to show them whether whether a ras shari looks like uh okay but if i would i would do it from a perspective of like look this is a commercialized dance this is this artistic dance that's for me that's how I would introduce it right so I wanted them instead of just taking them to show them commercialized art and selling workshops and uh, selling uh, just like selling 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 whatever is that 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 uh, that they are selling right or everybody's selling whatever I just wanted it three things number one the dancers to come to a place that it's not crowded Okay, that we have a good number that we all can handle, that we can talk to each other, that we can have a conversation, that we can inspire each other, okay, from teacher artists, okay, to uh, dancers, to uh, students. We have that dynamic, right? 
an environment where everybody felt not shy to learn, mm -hmm. not scared to admit that some areas that they need learning, to not, I'm always, I'm always shocked when students come to events, you know, I mean, before, uh, before to events, and they are coming to learning, but in the same time, they, they, they are scared because they feel intimidated, they should know. I mean, why did you pay for it if you know already? That's not, that's, that's you know, you don't have to. This is the safe place where you can act stupid and say, I don't know this, teach me more. You know, this is the environment where you can just be yourself like all of us. We're going to just be like, oh, actually, I didn't know that part. This is new to me. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. A place where you can be hungry for learning, hungry for immersing yourself into the art form. Take you to places where you can hear our music musicians singing and, and like all Egyptians experiencing, taking you to places where you can experience so, so many, so many of the stuff that we immerse ourselves into naturally before we became artists or dancers or, or, or extra, extra. So I am the man came from the perspective, but also came from the perspective of like, okay, I don't want, this is a course. I want to teach, I want to have a subject. I cannot teach everything. In one week, that's crazy. I mean, nobody learns everything in one week. Nobody learns everything in one year to start with. So I wanted it to focus and to have a goal for the dancers. You come on, you write, where are you standing? What do you think about yourself? And when you end, you write out, what have you arrived to? So this is what we do. We actually have a full meeting in the beginning with all the dancers. We sit down with all the artists who are part of the event and we talk about where do we think where we are and where what what do we think we're going to go out of this place with you know and in the end we look at this and we see have we actually accomplished this or at least accomplished one of these things you know and i ask everybody to write three goals three goals and i always say you are not gonna you may lucky and accomplish all your three goals but i'll tell you something all I want from you is to leave with one goal that you've accomplished from here, you know? And we have this amazing continuation of subject. So instead of like, this one teaches quarter, half a choreography and half a technique of ballet. And this one teaches half of this and half of that. No, we don't do that. We have a full subject. If I take the subject from technique, somebody has the music. And somebody has the full choreography. Do you know what I mean? It is not necessarily that us artists have to sit down and prepare and work hard. No, no. I'm gonna say I'm gonna teach that. I'm gonna teach musicality on that on that subject. You know, I'm gonna teach the music. How do you know the, the from Egyptian perspective? And the one thing we do, we meet together, the artist from before, and we discuss what music we're gonna use. And uh, okay, what do you think? If I will, I'm gonna explain the musicality. So this is how I'm gonna approach it. What do you think? Oh yeah, I'm approaching it this way, but I also have this. Oh, okay, I will add this note too. So we have this like harmonization between mm. artists, not one saying something and the other saying something different. Of course, we all gonna have a different vision, but the rules are one, rules and one. We hear the music the same, but we express it, everybody express it differently. Yeah. We shouldn't hear it differently. 
You know what I mean? We should all hear the music. We know this is a, you know, this is a Kublai, this is a Madhab, this is a Marga, this is, you know what I mean? All the details of the musicality, we should understand. We should understand what a lazma, we should understand what a lazma as a saya is, we should understand all this stuff. But I may express this with my shoulder, maybe you express it with your chest. I may, you know, there are rules to follow, but then the feelings. There. So we do that dynamic between me and the chosen artist of the event. You know, we sit down and and we we create that and we understand. Then the students, if they learn classical, like last year we learned classical, then they learned the the with live musicians, by the way, you know, so they learn the structure of a live music piece and then they, the interpretation and not only the interpretation. I even had last year, we had Mercedes Nieto with us and I said, okay, Mercedes, people think that you have to act like an Egyptian to be a good artist. It's not true. You know, I totally do not believe in that, you know? I believe that we need to learn the rules of the cultures. We need to learn the rules of music, but you are free to interpret it the way you want, you know? So I want to dance. I want to teach classical music, how I interpret it as an Egyptian. And I want you to, to, to teach it how, how to help the non-Egyptian to express it from their own interpretation and we had that and the students were fascinated like i mean i i i i kid you not i swear to god i kid you not is that in the end of the event not a single student left without having to see us first the artist and exactly the same words that was repeated every time this is what i i came from from this it's non-commercialized you know it's truthfully artistic it's absolutely supportive we were like one unit whether artist, because we are an example, we are an example, you know, we were very positive, supportive, loving uh, the team, the team of the artists who were teaching. And because of that, all the students felt included, felt that they can learn that, felt they can have a positive atmosphere, felt that they are really giving, felt so many things. The progress was, was incredible, incredible on that, on that event last year. That's why I ran that event and that's why I, I decided I will do that event again this year. You know, it was successful. It was rewarding financially for me. It was rewarding artistically for me. Everybody was happy. Everybody had uh, an amazing, amazing uh, testimonial uh, that was left of the event. So I decided I must do it. There is no choice. I'm not doing that. I have to do it again, you know. Um, and it's coming up in uh, summer, in July. Can you tell the date yes. for the next edition? Yes, our event is uh, from July 8th to the 14th. The 8th to the 14th is the course, is one week. And then followed by an Egyptian Egypt tour. So those who have never seen Egypt or want to do it again, there is another week to see Egypt go down south and everything. So if you're doing the course and the, the event and the tour, then it's from uh, the 8th till the 21st, if you're doing only the course from the 8th to the 14th uh, in July, July. And I yeah. know that later in October, you also have Masriyat Festival, but in Canada. Yes, yes. Uh, I, I, um, I have to say one small thing about Masriyat, about I am Zaman, though. Because it is course, I, I am not taking a big number. So we're actually... We're actually doing very good. We only have a uh, few spaces left on the event. So I'm really happy. Oh, congratulations. That's <laughs> I'm awesome. Really happy, yeah. yeah, I'm really happy. I'm really happy about that. So um, Masriyat 
um, it was by request, um, especially American who close to us, you know, have asked me like, when are you going to do Masriat again? That was such a wonderful event. And uh, again, based on similar idea of, of, of I am the man, but of course it's not in Egypt. So we just do real education, real education, you know, in there. Um, so I couldn't do it by myself because I said, this is too much work. I can't do that. Uh, I, I will be at that point. If I did, then it's not prioritizing anymore. Like I was thinking and I will exhaust myself. So, I was uh, super lucky to to have uh, two artists in the city. Uh, one is uh, absolutely, you know, both of them uh, is uh, Marta. Uh, Marta is a Ukrainian artist who just moved here to, um, to, to the city. And once I found out, I was like, oh my God, this is really wonderful. And uh, another artist, uh, her name is Noura. Uh, Nura used to be one of uh, of my uh, um, uh, fellow uh, artists in my studio and also my student, and uh, she is now owns her own studio. So with with the help and the collaboration between between both of uh, three of us together, that give me the, the the confidence to say, okay, I will not exhort myself. Uh, there is three of us. Each one will have a section of it to take care of. Uh, uh, work-wise, and that's why I accepted to, to, to do uh, Masriat event. And the lineup is amazing. I cannot tell you the lineup now because I will announce it next week. <laughs> so, uh, but the lineup is amazing, amazing. The, the lineup is coming in Masriat. So that's why I took this. So it didn't really go against my prioritization because I'm basically doing one big event um, in Egypt, which is I am the man with my brother uh you probably know already that my family is in tourism and uh, we own travel companies hotels uh, so my brother is uh, is uh, is partnering with me on that and uh, i am the man and uh, he does all the work the really difficult work i left to do just the artistic work so i'm so happy i'm so blessed to have that and in canada i have marta and nora so i'm really happy and this is another thing my advice, share the pie because it will be more successful and you will not exert yourself. Most of us think that if we share the pie with somebody, they'll overshine us. We're not going to be the one to be like, well, blah, 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 whatever. You know, I don't believe in this. I believe there is a room for more than one star in the same time. I believe that me sharing, uh, you know, and we talk about this, like me, uh, Marta and Nora, we talk about this, like, okay, I'm not, I'm not worried about my students going to you. I said, me too. I'm not worried about my students. I said, yes, we shouldn't. You shouldn't. I shouldn't. Because guess what? It will equate itself. One is going to leave for me to go to you and one is going to leave from you to go to me and, and it's going to equate yourself. If you're worried about stuff, something, just work hard. Work hard. Prepare your material, work on yourself instead of just isolating the art. The art will never grow if it's isolated. Work on yourself. So we're not worried about that. In fact, often you will see them sharing my stuff and saying, hey, join Nara Masriya's event, like, you know, her regular classes. I just shared Martha's classes, say, hey, if you are in the North, you know, North York area, 
please join Marta. She's an amazing artist and she has a regular classes, you know, uh, Nora, the same thing. So we are not scared of this, of this garbage. It's the fact when you share the pie, the pie gets bigger, you know, and you not ex exerted yourself. You, you have energy. You have somebody to support you. You have somebody to to good team to love each other and and support each other. And your pies gets bigger, gets bigger because now instead of you draining yourself trying to finish that, there's three people helping in in really helping that pie to grow. You know, and this is the best thing you can do for the art. I will. I'm sure. I'm sure. I will learn. I will learn something from Marta. I'm sure Marta will learn something from me. I'm sure Nora will do the same thing for both of us and, and both of us the same. You know what I mean? Like often, Leah, I'm not, and I'm not joking, uh, Nora took my phone, you know, and she said, Nada, I really need to fix your Instagram, you know? <laughs> and it was such a cute thing because I said, yes, I know. I am such, I don't know what to do with that. And she's like, okay, first you have to do, like your name has to be here like okay it has to be like this because that that makes it look like this look that's a real supportive artist to each other you know she is she's my students I give her all I could from my heart and, and everything and look what she's doing she's coming to fix this for me to make sure that I'm really getting uh, the right information on my Instagram page right and this is how it is when you're helping other you're not demoting yourself or you're not making yourself less of an artist you're making yourself more of a bigger artist because now I look at you you grow you grow in in everybody's eyes and because you are supporting each other you are stronger you are stronger, you know? So share the pie, don't exhort yourself. Prioritize, share the pie. And when we work together, we learn from each other, the art becomes bigger, becomes more uh, uh, more flourishing, more, the art cannot be in prison. It will never work. It will never work and eventually you're gonna give up and you're gonna, again, leave the art form. So this, this, is, my, this is my points of, of how to, to get the sanity and grow grow bigger in the art form. Mm, that's so beautiful. So in terms of finding more information about events and about your online classes, where would you like our listeners to go? Is it your Instagram, which is fixed now? <laughs> or is it any other sources like, I don't know, Facebook, uh, web pages? Where, yeah. where do you want to forward our listeners for those who are curious to find more about your activities and your projects? The information is, is always in Instagram and the Facebook. So both of them equally uh, taken care of. Uh, so they can find all information there for uh, session. I am the man. Masriat coming up soon. Uh, next week, advertisement will be out. Uh, so both of them, Facebook and Instagram under Nada Al Masriya. And I have so many pages on Facebook as well. So either or you will find me because we post on all of them. Well, I also will definitely include links to your social media in the show uh, note uh, episode, in the show notes of the episode, so all our listeners can easily find uh, that information there and follow your activities. And I'm very excited for your projects. Uh, it uh, sounds cool that although some of the projects were left behind, but it worked out for you better to bring more that excitement and enthusiasm and more prosperity and satisfaction from work. And it's cool to see how you forward now this energy in what 
uh, is currently your focus and your prioritization and how you approach it now very differently than before. So congratulations on that and good luck with all upcoming events and, and projects. <laughs> Thank you so much, Yana. It's a, much, a lot of pleasure to to talk to you and to catch up to, to each other's too. So uh, thank you so much. It's always a pleasure to be with you. <laughs> thank and you before I let you go, uh, thank you so much. But before I let you go, I have one last, last question, which is our traditional question of the podcast. I asked you it five years ago. I'm very curious to ask you it now. It may be similar, maybe different, doesn't matter. It's what you feel right now. And it's the question that I ask every single guest, regardless of what we talked during the interview. So the question is, what makes you fall in love with belly dance again and again, so you keep doing it for so many years? I remember that actually. <laughs> and I'm sure everybody takes a deep breath. It's like, okay, wait, let me, <laughs> let me rethink that. Um, you know what, for me, um, I, I take pleasure, okay, in the personal level is freedom. Freedom in the personal level. I feel free inside my art form. I feel free. I feel free. I cannot even explain to you how much uh, freedom inside my soul when I am dancing, when I am teaching, when I am creating, how much freedom. I feel like I'm, I, I own the sky and own, I own the ground. So this is in the personal level, you know. In the... Um, because always when you have something, uh, Yana, it's about people and you, not just one thing or the other, okay? So for me on the personal level, freedom, freedom. I find myself there. I find myself. I find my voice. I find uh, uh, who I am, what I feel, what I want, what I believe. I, I find every strength, my strength, everything there in that freedom, and that freedom when I'm on stage, when I'm teaching. So it's always never, ever, 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 ever a Rasi Shari or Egyptian folklore. Never, ever that I fail to give me those feelings. Never, ever. I always got those feelings there and I'm still getting this feeling. And that's why I continue to do it. On the people level or the artist, artistic level is I love our culture. I love our art form. I think it's it's beautiful. I think it's sincere. I think it's it's giving. I think it's organic. I think everybody needs it. I feel everybody needs it. And I, I need I need to give it to them the way, the right way it was intended to be. I don't want people to to go into the superficial part of it where they start judging themselves. Am I busy? Am I big? Am I small? Am I this? Am I that? Am I good enough? Am I that? All these doubts. No, no, no. It's supposed to empower you. It's not supposed to do the opposite. It's supposed to make you fulfill heart, soul, and the mind. It's supposed to make you intelligent. It's supposed to make you so calm. It's supposed to make your heart flaps like this, like a butterfly. These are what I want to give everybody. I want to give, I want our art form not to lose that, which is where my duty, my duty is to preserve it, to make sure it does not change. And that not change, it, it will change, 
right? But not lose its reminiscence, not lose its quality, not lose its reality, not lose its culture, authenticity. That's my duty. So I get freedom. I give you the art of mind, body, and soul. I preserve the art. Those are my my three things and it will never fail to do it and it's still the same going strong for me this episode was brought to you by the yana dance club bringing more consistency and more fun into your dance training online Check it out at yanadanceclub.com, direct link in the show notes. And before you leave, don't forget to screenshot this episode and share it with your friends, as well as leave a review on iTunes or any other app you're using to listen to the show. The more people know about this podcast, the easier it is for me to bring even more awesome guests. Until next time, keep shimming and keep dancing.